everyone and welcome to Hort Talk. This is episode three and today we're looking at young people in horticulture. I'm Alex Jenkins, your host, and today I'm joined by three very special guests who I'm going to let introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Molly. I work at New Leaf Plants. We're the number one grower of clematis and climbing plants in the UK. And I'm also the co-founder of YPHA, Young People in Horticulture Association. It's an association to bring together people who are under the age of 35 that work in horticulture. Thank you, Molly. Um, we're all from Radio Landscapes and we are hard landscaping specialists based in Surrey and Sussex. Um, I'm also an ex-World Skills competitor who took gold in Euroskills in 2016, I think. Thank you, Will. And I'm Jack. I'm the assistant store manager at Rosebourne and Aldermaston. I'm also group buyer for seasonal plants for Rosebourne Garden Centres. Um, I'm a Master of Horticulture graduate and I have been trying to get more young people in horticulture for a long time. So when I was at college, I founded the Young Hort Initiative, um, which isn't going anymore, but uh, it was great. So um, something's very close to my heart. Fantastic. Thank you all. Thank you very much for agreeing to join me today. So let's kick off the question. Um, why is getting young people into our industry so important? I know that's a big question to start with, but let's just dive straight in there. I think it's really important that we have the next generation coming up through the industry because you think of the people that manage and run stores these days, they tend to be the, the older generation that will be looking to retire in the next 10 to 15 years. And having those people that are already in the industry to take over is very slim and far between. I think we need to make sure that we boost that more. So we've got more young people taking over stores and running different growing sites. I think for me with the hard landscaping aspect is people don't last that long. I think sort of 50 years old, they just have to retire and there's just nobody that we can find to employ and um, I think every other company is the same there's just no one wants to do it just because they can earn I think they can earn better money stacking shelves so they just rather do that than get to the end of the day and be sort of knackered when they could just do an easier job yeah definitely I think there's been a, a shift in people's focuses as well in terms of careers so a lot of people, like uh, Will said, can earn a lot of money doing other things that perhaps aren't such hard graft. Um, and obviously computing and IT and all those sort of jobs that have come to uh, the forefront of, of careers in the past sort of 5, 10, 15 years um, means that there's less people looking to study something like horticulture that's more of a practical subject, I think, which is a great shame because it is so important for so many different reasons and it's so diverse and such a vast industry. You can really... Uh, get involved in anything that suits you um, and I think that's um, it's important to find those people because we haven't got those people coming through with the horticultural skills or the knowledge or the know-how to really drive businesses forwards or help people in their gardens at home and we're going to end up struggling otherwise because um, there just won't be the people as I said with that know-how. People just assume that it is just a hard grafting job and that, you know, you're just going to be out on the nursery for us anyway, um, on the grower side with just weeding or sorting plants out every day where actually our industry is so wide and varied. I mean, you can be a photographer that photographs different commercial plants and be classed as working in horticulture. And I think people forget about that side of our industry as much. So what would you say is the most common way into our industry for young people? If it's not education, is it connections through family and friends? Or is it seen as a last resort for employment? 
Yeah, so I did a um, uh, like a survey report from um, YPHA with all of our members. We've got over 130 members now, um, so it's quite nice to see the the different areas of how people got in. Um, and actually, only 22% of those um, came in due to family-run businesses, and I thought it would be a lot higher than that. Um, and it was like I think it was something like 40 percent had come in um, just because they fell into the industry from working in garden centres for Saturday jobs or, you know, seeing something, maybe a social media job, which was in horticulture. And then they went on to carry on working at that job or developing new national roles within that job. And it's actually really interesting to see that most of those people that work there don't have um, don't have degrees in it or anything or any sort of studying. They almost just fell into it through years of working in the industry. You know, I've found the same recently. The only people that work for me are just people that don't have any other job, pretty much. And they can just, if they'll take any job at the moment, but no one's really got any sort of actual passion for what we do. And it's just makes it so hard to try and have employees that don't have passion. Like I know I definitely do. And it's just is a good job to be in and just no one nowadays wants to do it, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree, Will. I think we get we get the same and you almost get the people that just need a job for that time being. They've got no yeah. passion about what they're doing. So then you're always constantly having to make sure that you're um, showing your passion even more so they at least grasp mm-hmm. it slightly so they put some amount of effort into their work. I actually think that might be quite surprising to a lot of people because I think you would assume from the outside looking in as an industry, horticulture, gardening and plants in particular are seen as a um, labour of love and and having a a passion for them. So to know that the majority of people coming into the industry don't really have that passion or understanding might might come as a bit of a shock. No, definitely. I think it's um, it's more they're just coming into the industry because they see it like a factory job um more than seeing it as like a horticultural job it's um a lot of the jobs that on like a nursery and I'm sure probably the same for landscaping you know it's almost the same sort of job you're doing day in day out and it's almost seen as like a factory process now instead of seeing as like working with plants people I think yeah people sometimes forget that you know you can also take it as far as you want to go, you know, and I think people forget about the qualifications and the hard work that you can put into it and you can really make it what you want it to be. Um, Whether you want to go down the botany and the science route or whether you do want to, you know, a a commercial retailing career or at a nursery, I think people forget that there are still courses and education and qualifications available that you can take to really pursue a a fantastic career within the industry and I think that's forgotten about sometimes as well I mean my qualifications I've studied now for six years so you know I've done a lot of study um, but I think people don't realize that there is that depth you can really get into either they see it as you know uh, a retail general assistant or a nursery worker or a landscaper and they think that that's it and there's nothing else but actually there's loads of hard work behind the scenes that have gone into those individuals and into their passion I think uh, are, are forgotten about. What would you say then are the barriers that are stopping young people coming into horticulture? Where are we lacking in inspiring them and, and driving that passion and making them want to join us as an industry in whatever form that may be? Um, a lot of the older generation see it as um, a closed industry. Um, I know for a fact a lot of um, different garden centres and growers that I've worked with over time, they see that... Um, 
they like their knowledge to be enclosed and just kept to themselves or just kept to the people that are higher up within their business. And passing down that knowledge, I think, is something really important. But people are almost scared to do it in case they then pass on that information to other nurseries if they leave and get rid of the secret trades and all those sorts of things. I think that, you know, that knowledge, there's so much of it within our industry, within those older generations, convincing them to release that and hand it out so we inspire more people. It's a really big key thing to getting more people interested in the industry. So what I say to people, if I do I'm a landscape, and they go, oh, you just mow grass. That's, people just don't get that there's so many different aspects to horticulture, I think. There's so Definitely. many... There, there are places you can go people think oh you're just going to mow grass the rest of your life they don't realize that like you could go from just building a garden to we can well we potentially could be looking to build in chelsea gardens in the next couple of years and there's so many good big things that can happen for your career in horticulture and people just don't know about it i think it's the main thing people don't yeah. have a clue what you can actually lead on to Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think one of my major like, arguments all the time is I went to Persia High School and I didn't know Persia College even existed. And it's one of the best <laughs> horticultural colleges like, in the in England, I think. So, you know, it's things like that. You know, it's not it's not spoken about enough no. for people to even know it's there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that exposure is key because it just isn't, you know, when people are thinking about their A-level options or their uni options, the exposure for horticultural colleges or land-based colleges and land-based skills just isn't there. Um, and I think that's a really key area that, you know, we're missing at the moment. And that really highlights uh, the gap because people, like Will said and Molly said, people don't realise that there's so many different areas you can go into because those options aren't even considered. So do you think the lack of exposure and understanding are key factors in this? For another industry for example, medicine, you would probably have some basic idea as a young person that there are different routes into it as an industry, that you would have to study certain things, that you can specialise. Whereas with horticulture, there is probably very little understanding of actually what's involved, what's out there and, and how you can have a career within that industry. I think it almost even comes down to people don't even know what horticulture is <laughs> sometimes. So you say, oh, I'm a horticulturist. So I'm or spell it, actually. Um, <laughs> right. A lot of people can't spell it, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you then have to sort of explain that, you know, horticulture is this massively uh, diverse industry that covers so many different areas. And I think, you know, there's not even understanding that. So like you said, when you say medicine, you immediately think, oh, gosh, you know, six years eight years 12 years plus to get to where you need to be well that is exactly the same for people in horticulture you know horticultural skills and qualifications don't come or happen overnight um, and people have to you know work really hard and it's so rewarding because you're working with things that are living that are flowering that are enriching people's lives they're good for mental health and well-being and I think there just isn't an awareness of that and there's not an understanding of all those different areas and, and, and subjects and how hard you do have to work to sort of have a career in horticulture. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's like sometimes, you know, you mentioned someone on oh, work in horticulture and you almost feel like you should just say to them and said, oh, I work with plants. But I think yeah. there's also that thing, you know, when I say I work at a plant nursery, people just assume we've got a couple of polytunnels at the back bottom of our garden. And it's like, well, no, we've got 26 acre site. Like it's a commercial industry. There's a lot 
going on here um but they still don't have that understanding of really what that means people just assume that it's like a hobby because it's to do with plants I mean you can do so many different things not even just studying like I've not done any horticultural studying but you progress throughout the industry still by doing different things and different skills you pick up so much from working within the industry that those people that do those Saturday jobs it's almost trying to get them passionate about it so that then you can progress them as well so what do you think are those those key things that already exist that are so important to that? I mean, uh, Will, you mentioned world skills, and obviously that's that's a big one, particularly with landscaping. What are these what are these things that already exist that we maybe should be utilizing more? I think my big thing is that there isn't any, um, <laughs> um, especially for like growers. I mean, that's sort of why we created YPHA, because it's something to bring together all those people in the industry that are the younger generation, having that community together and making we get more and more people involved. You almost then feel like you get a passion from other people having a passion within their jobs. Before I started YPHA, I didn't have a massive passion for horticulture I worked in the industry because it's my family's business um, and it wasn't until I started talking to loads of other people that have got jobs within the industry that I actually understood that passionate side and why people were like so devoted to working in horticulture and why people didn't really leave once you're here <laughs> I was thinking the exact same but it's just nothing apart from for world for hard landscaping it's world skills but that is it there's no other real way people know about it and no one knows what world skills is if I someone will see it on our website and they'll go, oh, what is it? And they look at it and they realise, but like when we trained, we went to China and you're literally treated like a celebrity and the people, the competitors of AUs, you literally, if they win that, they, they're treated like celebrities for the rest of their life. Whereas over here, it's literally a pat on the back and off you go back to your job. For anyone scared. listening that isn't aware, World Skills is a bit like the Olympics of different different industries so it's not just um well mentioned hard landscaping but you've got lots of other different ones so you know even down to hairdressing and things like that so but it is in some countries it is as big as the olympics isn't it well it's yeah you know, it's huge over here they just don't push vocational skills enough there's just nothing really to promote it and people just don't have a clue when i was at school when i said i wanted to be a landscaper some of the teachers didn't even know what it was and they were just like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. You want to work in an office. And I was like, no. And then I just followed it. And obviously through Phil pushing me through world skills. And it was the only real way you could actually do something that was sort of in the public eye almost to actually promote it. There is just nothing else. And I think, yeah, having that like recognition um, over in the UK, especially, it's just not there, especially not in schools. I think they just expect you to um, to go to university and come out and work in an office when there's a lot of people out there that I know especially some of my friends that went and did degrees, they've now come out and gone, oh, wish I worked outside more. I hate being in the office all day. And I'll go, come join the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we need to do to encourage more people to join the industry and stay there? I think it's keeping hold of those people that do the seasonal jobs, making them see the passionate side of the industry. I don't know how you feel on that, Will, with um, holding on to staff. <laughs> They just, it's all right. In, in summer, we have a massive, we get a lot of messages about people looking for jobs. The moment the sun comes out, then the moment you get to autumn and it's like we're out in the rain for about five <laughs> months, they just drop like flies. And I think people are almost just demanding way too much now. People will message me for about work and the money they're asking is just ridiculous. I just don't think there's enough 
especially down the apprentice route. Well, I was an apprentice, and it's you just can't live on that apprentice wage. You could when you're say 16, but anyone over 20 just financially just couldn't do an apprenticeship. Yeah, definitely. Like trying to uh, get apprenticeships now that aren't that 16, 17 year olds, which you know sometimes apprenticeships for them great if you find the right person but most of the time they're in that apprenticeship because they didn't really have much of another choice and they don't really want to be there themselves so you know most of the time the people that do come to us want wanting apprenticeships they are a bit older and they are then you know you've got to try and make them we try and pay them a living wage so that they can still you know actually live <laughs> instead of being on something this apprenticeship wage now is something about six pounds isn't it and for someone over the age of 22, 23, and if you know you're looking at either renting or trying to get a mortgage, you can't live off that. So having that, being able to change your career when you're that age, if you've already got a degree in something and then actually coming to work in horticulture for a summer job and thinking, oh, I'll do an apprenticeship with it in this. I'm really enjoying it. But actually not being able to afford to do the apprenticeship is something that's a big struggle I think within our like our industry because holding on to those people then when they decide that horticulture is a great career for them it's impossible when you know you're offering them half the amount of pay that they could be getting at stocking shelves. You know, we are not valuing our trainees enough I don't think because the you know the apprenticeship rate is, is not great you would then either have to go to college or to uni to get another degree to get like a higher level salary within the industry it can be quite challenging and I think a little bit off-putting um, so I definitely think that's an area that collectively the industry needs to pull together on and, and work better towards because, you know, these people are key to the success of the future of the industry. And like Molly says, you know, once you've got someone passionate, how do you keep them when, you know, what we can offer them is not the same as what they could go out tomorrow and, and double doing something else? You know, it is a career and it is out there when you sit down and people go, what do you want to do as a job? when you're in year five year six and you know and most people are that age saying a fireman or you know you want to be a policewoman or something like that but you know there's it's almost saying well actually look at all these jobs available you know you could work with plants every day and it's it's a great industry and I think that's not pushed enough is that you know we are a really really like if you look at most people in the industry they are going to have great mental health. You know, that that side of our industry isn't spoken about enough is the health benefits of it. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, throughout schools um, and when people are choosing careers, you know, don't just look at it as something that you're going to earn the most money in, but what's going to benefit you in the sense of your health and your happiness in your future. So tell me what it is that you enjoy most about working in this industry. Uh, variety. Definitely. Um, no day is ever the same, I don't think, for most of us. Um, and you're going to have a lot of change throughout the year as well, through high season to low season. Um, it's great that you're not, you know, doing the same thing day in, day out. I know for us, high season, yeah, it can be really hectic. But low season, you get to do a different variety of jobs like building polytunnels, landscaping our nursery to make sure it works better for us. Different jobs like that. It's, it's really cool because you don't end up doing the same thing all year round. So I think the same as money for variety is we could, so if we're on a big job, we could do say five days of paving, but then the next five are completely different. There's never the exact same thing over and over again. Some of my friends, they literally go to work and do the exact same thing from nine till five. And it's just, I just couldn't do it. It's just every day is different. Um, 
for me, job satisfaction is the biggest one. So we can obviously retake before and after pictures and just seeing the differences you make changes people's lives almost. I know it's only a garden, but they can get so much more use, especially at the moment where everyone is just stuck at home. I think. I think, yeah, that that happiness side of the industry, like like we've been preaching about for so many months now, um, especially with lockdown, you know, gardening has become such a more popular hobby and it brings so, people so much joy. But imagine working in that industry that's providing you that garden. It's going to bring you joy mm-hmm. every day. I mean, I know that most times I'll be walking the nursery and you see another thing that's in flower and you think, oh my God, that looks stunning. And, you know, that, that constant change and that constant happiness that the industry can bring you um, I think people don't speak about enough, definitely. Encapsulating what Will and Molly said, you know, the variety, the job satisfaction, ultimately it's just really exciting. Every plant that you learn about, every new pest and disease, every new garden that's created through hard landscaping, it's all so exciting. It's all having such a positive impact, be it on the wider environment with pests and diseases or botanical sciences, you're making such a huge difference to so many Uh, different things in that side of things but also the growing you know flowers and plants and trees making people happy cleaning the air making things better uh, in terms of people's quality of life but also you know down to the the infrastructure of gardens and making sure that they're future proof and you know really giving people an outdoor space in which they can grow their family and develop and get stuck into horticulture themselves Um, even if it's not what they want to do as a career, it's hugely important. And like I said, it's something that I find so exciting because it really is, you know, you're making so many uh, positive changes to such a wide variety of people's lives, no matter what part of horticulture you're in. And that is just so thrilling. And just plants themselves, for me, so exciting to see a tiny little seed (laughs) turn into something that is, you know, eight feet tall, you know, Uh, is flowering its heart out or is producing your food that you're then eating and you're serving to your friends and family at home that in itself is exciting enough for me and I think you know everything else also adds into that excitement it's just such a fantastic industry. So what do we need to change to help support young people coming into the industry? I think I would love to see um, it almost taught as a subject within school and not an active curriculum Um, even if it's just you know one afternoon every for an hour once a week that you know each classroom almost especially in primary schools has their own veg patch or flower bed that they then have to go and take care of they find out about what pests and disease could affect that their plants they're putting in what they need to do to make sure they're taking good care of it I think then even if we're not producing people that are going to come into the industry we're producing customers because they're already going to know that they want to have plants in their garden I think that's a massive thing that we should be pushing for more annoying I think the exact same as Molly so she stole what I was going to say <laughs> you can't all copy <laughs> each other you have to <laughs> go on go on a bit more publicity on it as horticulture as a not just in, I think schools is the main one they need to get into schools a lot more. But also, like for me, my nearest colleague that does horticulture is about an hour and a half, two hours away. So anyone in my local area, I did it because I wanted to do it, but people don't want to travel two hours to college. And it's such a, no. I think it's, it's impossible to add a landscaping section to every single college. But I think they could definitely make a bit more of an effort to, sort of have 
more options as I am in courses for it. Yeah, I agree and echo with what Molly and Will said. You know, it is it's important that we get more exposure in schools and it's important that, you know, we look at widening the curriculum and making it more accessible to everyone. And I also think that it's important that just generally more exposure, um, you know, in the media um, would be great for young people. So um, use Gardener's World as a good example. I don't think that's appealing to any young person. And that is the main outlet in which horticulture is mentioned right now. Um, because again, people of our sort of generation aren't reading newspapers where there's the gardening column. So again, we're failing to reach the right kind of audience with that. Um, you know, why is it that there's never been a half hour gardening program on like uh, children's TV, you know, to really engage and show that there's young people doing it and that it's exciting and that there's so much to choose, you know, you'll see programs on the telly so much about um, diff various different careers, you know, that glamorize different industries, but horticulture is never mentioned. So it's never at the forefront of anyone's mind when they're thinking You'd about- You want to make horticulture sexy. Basically. <laughs> 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 yeah, in a roundabout kind of way, yeah. Just give it a bit of an overhaul and show that it is cool and it is beneficial to do for so many different reasons and that you can really have a fantastic career in it. And it's not just- a hobby you know we've touched on that a lot during this discussion it is not just a hobby it's really important for the environment it's really important for your mental health both uh, and both your physical and mental health and you know how can we get that message across in a way that's not considered sort of like old and a bit fuddy-duddy um, and I think it's about getting more exposure for young people out there and doing it in the right means whether that's a tv show whether that's tiktok or youtube or however we do it but captivating the right audiences. It's not a garden column in a newspaper. It's not a gardening magazine. It's, it's looking at different ways and growing with the people that are coming through the current generation. Let's sign Jack up for the next horticultural Love Island then. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'd like to know is how did the three of you get into horticulture and what was your journey into the industry? Um, I'll go. <laughs> I'll tell my story first. I um, <laughs> I always knew I wanted to work with my hands. Um, something that meant was a practical job and not just sat in an office um, typing on a computer all day long. Um, and I've actually got um, a, like a diploma level um, in hair and makeup for media and performance. And I thought that was what I wanted wow. to do. And I wanted to make wigs for the rest of my life. Um, I then realised that I did not want to do that. I did not like the university lifestyle. And I moved, I moved back home and I moved away for a long time. And I came back and I almost had that, we had sat down, had that conversation of what do I actually need, want to do now? Like what, what careers can I go into? And I thought, you know what, for a bypass, I'll come and work for my dad and I'll come and I'll work in our dispatch area and I'll tidy some plants up and I'll just see what happens. And then I just never left. And I think, you know, you, I grew that passion as I worked here and especially with it being within the family and actually learning that my granddad was also in horticulture. So was my auntie. So was my great granddad. You know, I ended up realizing it was a big family thing for us and I didn't want to lose that. And I think the fact that I didn't find out about that until I worked in horticulture goes to show you how closed it can be within our industry. Like I didn't even know my own family was like that connected to horticulture until I was here myself. And I actually listened. Yeah. Fab. 
for me, I've always known. I think I was about three or four years old, just with my nan in the garden, and just always known that I wanted to build gardens. All my family is sort of tradesmen, and I just sort of always, I like building, but I just hate how dusty it gets inside. Whereas for me, the perfect way is just being outside, and it's just mostly the satisfaction for me. But I've always known. I think I left school just a little bit early, about half a year early, and just worked and was an apprentice. And then I think I was about 20 when I set up on my own and just, I know that it is what I'll do until I retire. Everyone always jokes around and says that if I die at work, they're just going to bury me under a patio and just carry on. <laughs> and that's the way it's always been and it's always just been accepted, really. But everyone L- knows Literally digging your own it. grave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you even said retire, Will. I feel like... We don't retire, we just slowly fade out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is going to be the case. Hopefully, <laughs> I can, well, hopefully I end up with children that want to do it and it'll get passed to them and we'll have to see what happens, really. Much like Will, I was quite lucky in that. It's kind of always something that I've had uh, that I've really enjoyed. I didn't really know it was a career. I mean, I consider myself very, very lucky in that. Uh, my French teacher at school uh, who ran our gardening club, her father is Peter Seabrook. So we had someone that was a real advocate for flying the flag for horticulture with us. Um, And it's interesting to see, so while I was there, I was absolutely transfixed by the school greenhouse and the school gardens and helping out in the gardening club. Um, And I was being sort of shown this whole world, but everyone else in my year group wasn't that interested I was the only member of my entire year group you know that's a hundred pupils that was bothered about what plants were growing where in the school um but interesting to, to see now that some of the people that were in my class have moved into horticulture like later in their careers they've gone to uni they've got their degrees and now they're realizing actually you know this is really enjoyable this is really nice being outside and working it's interesting to see that shift and I, as I said, I consider myself so lucky to have the opportunities I had while I was at school and someone really waving the horticultural flag for me. So where everyone else was kind of beating me down about wanting to do horticulture and do something that was totally not the norm. I had one person that was so inspiring to me and was like, no, go for it. This is going to be so good for you. You know, this is such a good industry. And I think we almost need that, you know, in any school now, you know, someone that really inspires the, the the people there be it through a, a gardening club or be it through having a school garden a, a flower show it doesn't have to be one of the big ones um it could be a local one but you know growing things and seeing people come to the stand and having them comment on something you've created was something that I loved doing while I was at school I mean we were so lucky to have the opportunity to have show gardens while I was at school and that was one thing that captivated my interests and showed me that this isn't just a hobby and something I enjoy this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. I think what's um, really important to take out of all your stories there is that having that influence was huge for all of you, whether that be, you know, a family member or um, someone in school, someone else that you trust and can inspire you. And that's what's kind of sparked that that journey for you all, um, which, which just kind of proves that actually if we can... Um, if we can make that happen for the younger generation, then potentially organically we'll have more people that want to be part of 
part and of the industry. I think that's the only way we're going to get more people into the industry is having that inspiration but you're almost not just through family members, but making sure, like Jack said, you've got that inspiration through school. Because even though you might have been the only one interested in Jack, it's obviously seen that those people had taken something in and have eventually gone into horticulture. And I think, you know, even if it's just that constant reminder that it's there, I think that sticks in people's minds. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Jack. I really appreciate that. What a wonderful chat. Um, thank you all for listening. This has been Hort Talk, episode three on young people and horticulture. I hope you've enjoyed it. Our next episode will be launching on the 18th of August, and that is on sustainability. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs>